We're going to be looking in the book of Numbers, Numbers chapter 3. Would you bow your head with me as we invite God to give us that special help? May his voice be heard tonight. Father, oh, it's been good to be in your house tonight because you've been here with us. We've worshiped in song, worshiped in giving. So thankful for the promise that is in the song that the lady sang that we know is based in your word as well. Consider the lilies. We can look to the sparrow. We can see and realize that you do care about all of us tonight. As we look into your word, I pray that you would give that divine anointing that is so vital, so necessary. I pray for your divine strength in my weakness. Give that anointing to my lips and my mind to be able to speak clearly, understandably, effectively. I pray that you would allow the Holy Spirit to speak to each one of us. Help us to hear what you want us to hear. Help us to feel what you want us to feel. Go from this place renewed. Renewed in our charge for Christ. It's in Jesus' name I pray, amen. In talking with Joshua today, he mentioned uh, an individual who just happens to be a high-profile individual in the hunting industry. He's also known in the TV industry, not Hollywood. I don't think you would consider it Hollywood. I don't think Hollywood would claim him. Sometimes he's even been listed among those of politics. He has been involved with uh, the lives and circumstances of politicians. But Joshua said something today about him and, and was somewhat quoting him. I couldn't find the actual quote, but I remember hearing it myself. But he made mention that when he had lived in sin, he gave all that he had. To live for the devil. And when he came to Christ, he told the Lord that he was going to do the same thing for him. Give all that he had for the cause of Christ. Intense, with no, with no reserves. Now, I don't have time for Hollywood. I hope that when you hear me say anything about them that you understand that I'm not in any way promoting them because I, I'm fully confident, fully believe that Hollywood is not a friend of grace. Their movies don't interest me. I cringe when I see how people are influenced by them and sit under their spell but there are some times that I can learn from things that they say. Most of the time, that learning experience has to do with what not to do. I re recently listened to a part of an interview that was recorded of an actor. I don't know the man's name, and it doesn't matter to me. I didn't care to know who he was. 
But he was playing the role of Elvis Presley. I don't know the name of the movie. I don't care to know the name of the movie. And in that interview, he was asked how he felt about playing that role. Anybody here believe that Elvis Presley's still alive? <laughs> you know, people believe that. I don't know, I've never seen him. How did you feel about playing that role? The actor went on then in that interview and began to describe the awe that he felt, the honor that he felt to play that role. And in his mind, he was in awe because of who they thought Elvis Presley was, who millions of people thought that Elvis Presley was, to the point that he understood that people nearly, if not worshipped, Elvis Presley. And he was in awe of the, and the honor that he felt of, of having the privilege of playing that role. It was so much so for him, so intense for him, that he studied everything that he could about Elvis Presley. He listened to the recordings of Elvis talking, of, of Elvis singing. He watched video recordings of him to learn of his movements and to, to learn of his mannerisms. Everything about him, he wanted to be able to, to accomplish it for himself so that he could fulfill that role because there were going to be millions of people watching and it was awesome to him. It was a honor for him, he said. I don't think I made it through a third of that interview and I turned it off said, I've had enough of that. Maybe he said some other things that would have been worthy of me thinking about. But I had enough. That was enough. He was serious. He was intense. He was consumed by this responsibility. Then a day or two later, I was reading in Scripture, and I was reading there in the book of Numbers. You know, Numbers. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus... And all the good books are done there in the Pentateuch. Now we get into Numbers. What in the world can you find in the book of Numbers? Mathematicians, do you like the book of Numbers? You people that like to crunch, do you like the book of Numbers? There's a whole bunch of Numbers there. In the book of Numbers I was reading. The book that is mundane, dry, takes effort to read. I got down to chapter number 3 and was just reading along in chapter number 3 when verse number 31 seemed to jump off the page. Verse number 31 reads like this, And their charge shall be the ark and the table and the candlestick and the altars and the vessels of the sanctuary wherewith they minister and the hanging and all the service thereof. Anybody getting blessed? Does that, does that verse jump off the page at you? It jumped off the page at me. I stopped and I read that verse again, and I believe that I went back and read it the third time. Because I just felt like God was saying something to me in that verse. I wonder what it was like. I wonder what it was like to, to take care of the ark. The tabernacle. The, the, the table, I mean. The, the candlestick. The altars. 
The vessels of the sanctuary. What was it like to, to take care of those items? Someone might say, not understanding what's taking place here, that it was mundane, that it would be boring, it would be dry. Wherewith they minister and the hanging and all of the service thereof. I wonder what it was like to be responsible for those items. Their charge shall be to take care of those things. Now, that's the King James translation. If you have an English standard, an ESV in your hands, you'll notice that the word charge there is replaced with their guard duty. I believe is the way it's worded. Their guard duty. Now, that's a little bit interesting. Maybe you're following me now. You're getting a little bit of a a feel here that there is something important about this this mundane book, this mundane chapter, chapter in this book. And here's this verse that really doesn't have a whole lot to say. And yet, oh, maybe there is. The Hebrew Cowdy Dictionary tells me that the word charge indicates a watching, a sentry, or a post duty. To be kept, safeguarded. It's in ward. They are to watch it with diligence. So that word charge is not just simply a a simple word to go through and to read and to pass over. There's, There's some real vital importance here in the context that is given in verse number 31 that speaks to us about the importance of the job, the the responsibility of the ark and the table and the candlesticks and the altars and the vessels of the sanctuary. They had a responsibility. They were supposed to keep it. They were supposed to protect it, to do whatever was needed in the service of those items. Well, then I got to noticing that this word charge was used in several other times in this chapter. I went back up and and read the chapter again because I had missed over those other words, that other time, those other times that it speaks about charge. Verse number seven, and they shall keep his charge and the charge of the whole congregation before the tabernacle of the congregation to do the service of the tabernacle. They shall keep all the instruments of the tabernacle of the congregation and the charge of the children of Israel to do the service of the tabernacle. See, there's a responsibility here that was placed on the various people, the different individuals to take charge, to be in, in guard duty, to be, to be on the post of duty, to watch out and to take care and to protect and, and to, and to uh, guard those items. Service. Now, you see service there a number of times too. Service. The word service. What, is, what does it mean? It, well, it's, it's pretty simple. It means to serve or to minister. To serve or to minister. 
In other words, it's a part of God's business to do the work that he has for people. It's the service, the, the God's business doing in, in our lives, and us working his business in our lives to do service, serve, to minister. Verse number 25, and the charge of the sons of Gershon and the tabernacle of the congregation shall be, here's the charge to these people, shall be the tabernacle and the tent and the covering thereof and the hanging for the door of the tabernacle of the congregation and the hangings of the court and the curtain for the door of the court which is by the tabernacle and by the altar round about and the cords of it for all the service thereof. All of these items that were a part of the ministry that goes on, and these items in the ministry, these items that were vital and important parts of, of God's business, and, and they had it in charge. They had it to, to uh, their duty. They were to guard it. They were to uh, do whatever they needed to. Verse number 28, keeping the charge of the sanctuary is in that verse. We skip on down past verse 31 to verse number 36, and it says, under the custody and charge, under the custody and charge. So there's a, an additional uh, facet to what is taking place here. There's a, a custody now. He's talking about this in ward, this in, in guard duty. Charge of the sons of Merari shall be the boards. Oh my, boards? Everything had its place and its importance. The boards of the tabernacle, the bars thereof, the pillars thereof, the, sto the sockets thereof, all of the vessels thereof, all that serveth thereto. And the pillars of the court round about, and their sockets, and their pins, and their cords. And you come to the end of the next verse, it says, Keeping the charge of the sanctuary for the charge of the children of Israel. Well, that's a, that's a not big item here then as we look at this word charge as the responsibility of the people. And, you know, it's mundane. It's dry. But it's so very vital. It's so important. Much more important than playing Elvis Presley in some movie if you're wondering where the connection is. If you jump over to chapter number 9, verse 18, At the commandment of the Lord, the children of Israel journeyed, and at the commandment of the Lord they pitched. As long as the cloud abode over the tabernacle, they rested in their tents. You remember that story, don't you? The, the cloud would, would lift and they would move. The cloud would settle and they would stop or they would stay. Verse number 19, and when the cloud tarried long upon the tabernacle many days, then the children of Israel kept the charge of the Lord. And they, did, and they journeyed not. They didn't journey anymore. They kept the charge. They, they were obedient to the command. They, they kept it, and they didn't journey. Verse number 20, and so it was when the cloud was a few days upon the tabernacle, according to the commandment of the Lord, they abode in their tents, and according to the commandment of the Lord, they journeyed. 
And so it was, verse 21, when the cloud abode from even until the morning, and that the cloud was taken up in the morning, then they journeyed. Whether it was by day or by night that the cloud was taken up, they journeyed. Whether it were two days or a month or a year that the cloud tarried upon the tabernacle, remaining thereon, the children of Israel abode in their tents and journeyed not, but when it was taken up, they journeyed. Repetitious here, but it's going through the motions. It's boring stuff. But we find that they're coming down to what this charge is, and they were obedient to the charge. And how how good is it to be in duty of the King of Kings, the Lord, the Jehovah, as they would call him? At the commandment of the Lord, they rested in the tents, and at the commandment of the Lord, they journeyed. They kept the charge of the Lord at the commandment of the Lord by the hand of Moses. They kept the charge. (laughs) Maybe you're not getting it this evening. But how excited, how excited and how much in awe am I, how much excited and in awe are you of the the responsibility or of the charge that God has given you? You know, if you're a song leader, if you're a Sunday school teacher, if you work with the children in the evenings or the youth in the evenings... You have a gathering for the kids at some time, for the young people at some time. The the charge that is yours, maybe maybe it's preparing the song list, maybe it's singing the special. Who knows what it is? What is it that is a part of the ministry of God's church and of God's business that you have a part? Is it the mundane thing of taking the vacuum and cleaning the floor when somebody has tracked in the mud? Or some little grandbaby of somebody's, uh, somebody's uh, 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 close family that uh, you know, smeared the window? You know, it's okay when my grandbabies do it, but when somebody else's do it, it's just not quite the same. I commented this morning about how all the guys slaved out there, shoveling the snow off of the concrete parking lot, and then the kids are out there filling it back in, and then somebody piped up and said, well, your grandkids are doing it. Well, that's different. Come on. It's not too often that the snow that is thrown on the concrete in the morning sticks around till the evening anyway you know it kind of melts off pretty quick maybe your mundane charge is to send a card to somebody that's in need or to pray for somebody that's in need maybe the mundane charge that you have the responsibility is is obscure it's unseen it's it's not noticeable Do we, do we get excited about the charge that he's given us? Or am I so entangled with the excitement of the, of the culture so that it obscures, it obscures the awe that I should have of the Lord's charge? 
Maybe I get the feeling because of all of the things that are going on in culture around me and I lose the sight of that all and it becomes to the point that the charge that God has given me, it's just mundane, it's minuscule, it's inconspicuous and I just get bored with it. What is your charge? If you're a Christian tonight, there's a charge. God has given you a responsibility. God has given us a responsibility. There's something for us to do. And if God's given us a charge, and he has, if God's given us a charge, then do we feel the excitement and the awe and the honor? Oh, it's just taking care of the boards of the tabernacle. I'd rather take care of the altar because that's where the action is. I'd rather take care of the ark because that's where God's presence is. I'd rather take care of the curtains because that is the separation, the division between. I don't want to have to deal with the boards of the tabernacle. I don't want to have to take care of the curtain at the entrance of the tabernacle. I don't want to have to take care. And we can go on and on with whatever it is that we don't want. It's too mundane. It's too minuscule. It's too inconspicuous. But whatever the charge is, do I get excited about that charge? What is my charge? What is your charge? Well, we could look at a number of things tonight if we wanted to take all of the time that, was, uh, that we have uh, and, and more and take a, a whole long uh, dissertation tonight about what our charge could be. But let me, let me just list a few things quickly for us tonight. Well, what is my charge? Well, it could be that we have a charge, and it is that we have a charge for holiness and for holy living. God has given us a charge for holy living. Be ye holy. We can't emphasize that enough because God emphasized it over and over again. Holy living, integrity. We find in these passages, some of these verses that we looked at, we didn't just see that they kept the charge, but it also references that they were obedient to the commandment of the Lord. Now let's just back up here and and, and take a little bit of a breather because you've heard me say people are, are, are the same the world around and so often we can see ourselves in the lives of the children of Israel the ups and the downs so for cautionary purposes let's remember that the Israelites didn't always keep the charge the way God they didn't always obey the commandments the way God intended sometimes they got to fussing among themselves sometimes they even got to thinking about how good they had it in Egypt Now, that's warped thinking, because when they were in Egypt, they cried out because of the bondage. They did not consider that they had it good in Egypt, because they didn't. But when they get out here against the hard scrabble of life on their way to the promised land, they had to obey God even when they could not see. They had a hard time with that. 
So, you know, let's keep that in mind that we have the tendency to get caught up in the environment. We get, have the tendency to get caught up in what we see presently. And we need to keep our attention, our mind, our eyes focused on the reality of God and the work of God. And realize that even in the mundane business of the charge, that we continue to walk in obedience to the command. charge for holiness, holy living, integrity, a charge for obedience to the commandment of the Lord, a charge to serve the present age, my calling to fulfill. That's the way Charles Wesley put it. To serve the present age, there is a service to this present age that God has for every one of us. It includes what I've already said. A charge. God has you and me here for a purpose. And as wonderful of a purpose as it is to fill a spot at Wiseball Community Church, that is not the end of our purpose. It goes beyond. A charge. Wesley said, a charge to keep, I have. I want us to sing that song in conclusion tonight. We sing this song mostly at ministerial ordination services. I understand why, because it's a good song to sing, but it's not just simply limited to those ordination services. I believe that it's really a good song for us all to sing with sincerity as well as with conviction, realizing that this charge that God has given us, it's not just for ministerial ordination, but it's for the follower of Christ. The charge. They had a charge. And they felt it important to fulfill that charge. Do I feel that importance? Do I feel the awe? Do I feel the responsibility, the excitement that can come of being in the ministry and the work of the kingdom? Fulfilling the charge that he's given to me. Song number 536. 536. Let's sing it together tonight. A charge to keep I have A God to glorify A never-dying soul to save And fit it for the sky Servant, Lord, prepare. 
have a charge tonight? Are you excited about that charge? Giving all that you have for the work of God's kingdom, for his cause, for his purpose. A charge to keep I have. Let's stand together tonight. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. There's a world around us that's looking on. I believe that that is a part of our individual charge to infiltrate, to influence in this ungodly world with a godly life, holy life. Let's press on in that charge to be all that he wants us to be. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Brother Keith, would you dismiss us in prayer?